Hey there, fellow stressors. Welcome to the Stress Mess Podcast. I'm Samantha Elizabeth, the founder and master coach at Samantha Elizabeth Coaching and Consulting. As a self-proclaimed stress mess, I've discovered the true gravity of stress and its sneaky influence on every aspect of our lives. A couple years ago, I had a health scare caused by too much stress. And after my doctor's orders to stop stressing, I went on a journey to uncover the secrets of stress management. Join me and my guests on this unfiltered journey from stress mess to stress less. Hi everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Stress Mess Podcast. I'm Samantha Elizabeth, and as the intro said, I'm your host for the Stress Mess Podcast. I'm so excited to be doing this podcast, honestly, and can I be honest with you about something? Okay, here it goes. I've been stressing about bringing you a first great episode of this podcast, and I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) It's part of where my stress comes from, is that I feel like everything needs to be top notch. So I'd really appreciate any feedback that you have, you know, on this podcast. I have an email address that you can email me at. That is stressmesspodcast at gmail.com. Please email me. You'll have plenty of opportunities to email me with your stories and everything, but more to that later. Um, first off, I'm a stress mess. Hello. Um, and that's okay. That's okay to be a stress mess. And um, that's one thing that I have learned is that I have become friends with my stress because I know it's a part of who I am. Stress is just a normal part of my life. And it's how I deal with stress or how you deal with your stress that makes all the difference. So I have to ask you, is your stress your enemy, your frenemy? Is it your bestie? What is it to you? Let's explore that. What I wanted to talk to you about today is stress and searching for a job. And I know I have a lot of friends that are searching for jobs right now. A lot of my LinkedIn connections, you know, are also searching for jobs and um, it's it's not easy. I understand. Um, The game has changed in the marketplace. It is an employer's market right now. This is the year of 2023. And what you need to do is you need to make yourself really attractive in the marketplace for potential employers. And one of my weaknesses is that I am not my own salesperson. I am not a boisterous person about my own accomplishments, but I'm learning. And I got to say that I was out of work for six months after getting the layoff and it was stressful. But let's back that up. I want to talk a little bit about my career and kind of how I got to be where I was in my career and, you know, about being laid off too. So I want to say that um, I started work when I was 12 years old. At one point in high school, I even had three jobs at one time. I was working for a radio station, an essential oils company, and also um, working at like Ross or something like that, department stores. But it was my first serious job when I was 19. It was for a small company. um, And that really taught me a lot about office life. I was also putting myself through college at that time. And needless to say, from an early age, I put a lot of pressure on myself with lots of jobs and things to do and, you know, always feeling that I needed to be very productive. So after that 
first serious job that I had, I continued to go to college. Um, and I started working for a major technology company, and I was with them for about 13 years. I had a higher level position in the company at towards the end of that, and I had a lot of responsibility, and I put a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect. The company that I was with, that technology company, um, I it had just gone through a major change, and I was leading a team, and I had a lot to deliver with my team. But I got to say, in 2015, I had a panic attack at work. I've never had a panic attack at work before. I've never really had a panic attack before that either. And that was super embarrassing. So picture this. I had a major presentation to deliver in the afternoon. It was the morning. Um, and I was putting together the final touches of my presentation. It was a 97-slide PowerPoint. I remember this because it's burned into my brain. And then all of a sudden, my PowerPoint came up and it was corrupt. I, I didn't know what to do. I started panicking. I tried to recover it. Uh, there was nothing that I could do myself. So I ran to IT. I like physically picked up my computer and ran all the way to IT. And they discovered there was no way to recover it. That was it. I was dead in the water. And I was about to host a Thanksgiving lunch as well, too. So as I was walking back to my desk, the dread set in and I started to cry I couldn't stop crying as I was walking back and I was walking down the hall and it was quite a trek from IT all the way back to my desk. And I was just crying and I can see people looking at me in the hall and thinking like, what is wrong with this chick? And that's when I realized I couldn't stop crying. And I went over and handed off my hosting responsibilities for the Thanksgiving party to one of my dear friends. And then I went home and I spent the rest of the day in bed crying and wondering what was wrong with me. That's just the beginning <laughs> of this. In 2016, the company was going through major changes again. And the major change that they were going through is that they were going through layoffs. And unfortunately, I was affected by those layoffs. That layoff took a major hit on my self-worth. Um, I had that old school mentality that I was going to retire with that company. And then suddenly it felt like I was untethered and I was just floating into space and not knowing what to do with myself. It took me two months to find a job that I loved. But during the time of layoff, I was really shaking things up. I, because I had committed myself to that job so much, it became a part of who I was. And so when I became untethered and I felt like I was floating in space, I feel like I completely lost myself during that time. I tried so many different things. I tried volunteering. I even volunteered with a couple of nonprofits at that time. I started doing social media management. I've never done that before, but I took it on. I took classes. I you know, really helped out this nonprofit and their social media. I also became on an advisory board for a startup. But the point of all of this is that I just tried all of these different things and something funny happened <laughs> for me. Well, maybe this is not so funny um, because I know this affects a lot of you know people. But one morning I woke up in the middle of the layoff and I think it was towards the end of month one and it felt like a really long time since I had worked. 
And I didn't have any interviews lined up for the day. I had nothing to do. And I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm pretty sure it was like a Tuesday or something. And I just got up in the morning and I opened up a bottle of wine and I just, I had a glass of wine for breakfast. <laughs> like I've never done that before. And for those that know, you know, like, what are you going to do with yourself? And I thought, well, this is what I'm doing with myself that day. I'm going to have a bottle of wine for you know, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner today. And that's what I did. No, I did not become an alcoholic. It was just something that I just didn't know what to do. And like I said, I was really shaking things up. I was really um, just doing a lot of different things just to see. I was, you know, working out, you know, a lot. I was, um, you know, interviewing. I was practicing interviewing with people. There were so many different things that I wanted to do because I desperately wanted to find something. I wanted to find my tethering again, you know, back to a, a normal reality for me. One thing I did do, though, is that I did sit with my feelings a lot. Um, And part of that looked like a little bit like depression sometimes, but I was really just trying to get to the bottom of my feelings, you know, to really feel like, what am I going to do with my life? Then I found this job that was amazing. Like I said, two months into the layoff, which was nothing. Two months felt like a really long time at that time, but it really is nothing when it comes to your whole career. Um, however, this job that I found, even though it was absolutely amazing, I absolutely loved it. And my team was absolutely you know, wonderful. Again, the commute was horrible for me and it really took a toll on my relationship with my son. And at that point I felt lost in my career again. I, he actually, it was two years later and it was Thanksgiving and, you know, he sat down with me and, well, you know, at the time he was quite young, but when he sat down with me, he said that he missed me and he felt like he was losing me. And at that point, I felt like I was really abandoning him because he was in before school program from 6 a.m. And then I would pick him up at 6, 630 at night. He had a long time at school. We barely had any time. And I was exhausted. I was exhausted from my commute. And, you know, I was exhausted, you know, from working really hard all day that I just didn't want to do anything um, at night. And I had a really hard time keeping up on homework with him. And so I had to really make a tough, tough, tough decision. I got to say that was, you know, it was three times tough, you know, to make the decision to leave that job. Um, In 2018, as most of you know, I started coaching. I was working full time And I really wanted to take control of my own career, my own development. And um, when I started coaching, I got my coaching certification. I went and, you know, started my business, you know, Samantha Elizabeth Coaching at that time. Now it's Samantha Elizabeth Coaching and Consulting. And I really just try to ground myself in my own development and my own power, you know, that I had. And the power that I had over myself was that I could help other people. And that's what I really wanted to do. Uh, Working for that amazing company, you know, before that I had to leave, I really wanted to give myself that power back again and give power to other people as well, too. And that's the reason why I got into coaching. In 2022, I started working for a company. And once again, I thought, this is the company that I'm going to retire with. But then the funniest thing happened. In March of this year, 2023, just over a little over a year that I started working for that company, I found myself once again affected by company-wide layoffs. 
So the moral of this story is don't tell yourself that you're going to retire with a company because it may not happen. This is the way the world is. You know, sometimes you find that maybe you're just not a good culture fit and you need to, you know, go find another job or that company decides that maybe you're not for them either. In this case, it was just company-wide layoffs. And unfortunately, I didn't have seniority and I got laid off. I got laid off with the majority of my team and my members again. And, and once again, <laughs> my self-worth took a big hit. And when I talk about that, that just means all of a sudden you start questioning your effectiveness and your value and you know everything that you can bring to the table. I still have my coaching business. I still was keeping up with my clients and you know coaching them. And so I still had that steadiness, but once again, I felt myself a little bit untethered. However, it wasn't my first rodeo. I knew what to do. And no, it wasn't waking up and drinking a glass of wine or anything for breakfast. That was not what I needed to do. What I needed to do was because my team had um, also been laid off and perhaps it was their first layoff. It was very much affected their emotions and it affected their self-worth as well too. And I knew that my self-worth was you know, great and I wanted to make sure that they knew that their self-worth was great too. So the first month of my layoff, I did nothing but help other people. I did help other people by getting on the phone with coaching them, texting them to tell them I'm thinking of them. And I sat down with them and did resumes and LinkedIn profiles and really helped them to navigate looking for a job. I gave them tons of resources. I sent people jobs all the time. I had, you know, I, like I said, one-to-one coaching sessions with people, but mainly it was a time for me to, to give somebody else, you know, that care that I felt like, you know, I needed. So, um, that was my first month of my layoff. And then my second month of the layoff, um, I really worked on my LinkedIn profile. I worked on polishing that up and, um, you know, working on my resume and my cover letter. And then I got to work finding a job. I thought I was going to find a job fairly quickly, but like I said, the market's changed in 2023. It's an employer's market. And I quickly discovered that my resume was just as good as a lot of others' resumes. And that even though I was perfect for a job and I thoughtfully, and I say thoughtfully, applied to all of these jobs, I discovered that um, you really needed to stand out there. Um, You needed to know people in the company to be able to give you a referral. And I reached out to several people to ask, you know, for referrals. If I saw a job, I applied to a total of 279 jobs, not 280. Yeah, it was 279 jobs. And that was really hard. Every single time I submitted an application. um, And when I say I thoughtfully applied for these jobs. That means company research and looking at my resume and customizing it for that job, really studying the job description and knowing that I had stories or examples or, you know, things behind that. So if I did get an interview, I was ready for it, but I didn't get a lot of interviews and it's because it's so highly competitive. In fact, I went to go apply for a job that had just been posted. And I saw that it was just posted. It showed just posted on their website. 
And um, I, when it just posted, I, I saw it, this is perfect job for me. So I went ahead and applied for it. And once I was done with the application, which took about 20 minutes, because it was one of those ones where you have to enter, enter everything in manually. Once I was done with it, I refreshed the page and saw that there was over 250 applications for it already. So within 20 minutes, 250 applications. And by the end of the day, there was over a thousand applications. So got to say that that's very competitive. And how do you stand out there? I'm not going to tell you that exactly right now. We'll get to that. So with companies um, and applying for them and not really, you know, having an insider or anything with the company, um, a lot of times companies do ghost you. And ghosting would not necessarily mean um, that you applied for the job and they never got back to you. A lot of times you do get that confirmation email that says, thanks for applying. Um, but a lot of times you would never hear back from them at all to say that they that you weren't considered. Or you might get reached, you know, like uh, somebody reach out to you from that company, a recruiter, and you get back to them and then you never hear back from them. Or you might go through several rounds of interviews and then get ghosted in the end. And by ghosted, I mean that you're waiting to hear back and they might say, hey, we'll go back to you in a week, two weeks, 48 hours or whatever timeline that they gave you. And then you wait, you follow up with them. They might follow up with you again and then radio silence, nothing. And all of a sudden you feel like, why? What did I do? Did I do something terrible? And if you're like me, a little bit of an overthinker, I think that all the time. (laughs) Like, what did I do? (laughs) Got to realize sometimes it's not you, sometimes it's them, and that's the way it is. It is their market right now, and when they're looking for people, that's it. But I got to tell you, this story does have a happy ending. So a couple weeks ago, I started a new job, and it was one of those serendipitous things. I think a lot of times when I find jobs, it's just that they stumble upon me, and rather than me... Um, getting needy and desperate and everything and applying for jobs. Mind you, it has been six at that point, you know, when they found me, it was about five months, you know, since I uh, was laid off. And um, yeah, (laughs) that was scary to get into that process because I was really afraid that I was going to do a little misstep or something. I had applied for a job and I had got down to the final interview with this company and I went through the final interview, Um, but there was a couple little missteps in there, Um, things that were just a little mistake that, you know, on my end, you know, I didn't check something exactly correctly. I did follow up with them and said, you know, hey, I don't think I checked that correctly and, you know, they would come back and say, oh, you know, we fixed it on our end, um, you know, when you have to be like very perfect and I wasn't perfect enough for them and that's okay. So I didn't get that particular job, but I did get this job and I got this job because it was the right fit for me, <laughs> you know, and I got to say that a lot of times when you're applying for a job and you hear back and you get that rejection letter, the sorry, we didn't choose you, we went with another candidate, or we're closing this because we fulfilled the role internally or something like that, 
it wasn't the right job for you. And I know that's really tough to hear because when you get those, you just feel like this was the job for me. This was the perfect company. This is the perfect role. I was perfect for it and everything. But you know, you got to realize that that's not your job for you. So when they found me, it was something where it was a yes all the way, all the way. It was one of those things that was kind of scary, you know, because there was a couple of things, you know, about the job. Yes, there was a commute again. And I was a little afraid of that because I was afraid of my relationship with my son once again and being able to be there for him. But I knew that I also needed to make a sacrifice and I made the perfect sacrifice, you know, for this because This job has been amazing so far. I'm on week three already, which is why I've been stressing about doing this podcast and rolling out this podcast, knowing that I'm starting a new job. And I really wanted to make this first episode of the podcast really awesome for you guys. I do want to say that the one thing I did um, that was helpful while job searching, or I'm sorry, I'm going to start that over again. The one thing that was not helpful (laughs) when I was job searching, and I know people mean well, but if you're not in the situation that you are looking for a job, um, it, it could lead into some toxic positivity. And what I mean by that is, um, like I said, I know people mean well, but when people say, oh, don't worry, when a one door closes, another one opens. When you're deep into looking for a job and you're starting to feel a little desperate, that doesn't seem very helpful, right? Because you're 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 in it. You're in this this swirl of the storm or whatever it is. Um, or if somebody says, "Don't worry, you'll find something soon," or that one wasn't for you, it it doesn't necessarily feel helpful because it's not easy in this job market right now. There's a lot of companies that are doing layoffs. And with those massive layoffs, then all of those people are back on the market. And then they're joining all of the other people back on the market. So you know what is helpful during this time? So if you know somebody that is looking for a job right now and they're not having any luck, they've been laid off for months, you know, and in my case, it was six months, you know, there's other people that have been laid off for nine months, a year, a year and a half, and they're still looking and they might take some side jobs, you know, here for me during my six months, I um, took some time. I did a couple of inexpensive vacations. So that way I can really clear my head and figure out what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to fully uh, commit myself, you know, to a new job and not feel down and out about myself. I really wanted to bring that positivity back. I wanted to stress less during that time. It's really hard. So what was helpful is that if you know somebody that is looking for a job, and like I said, if they're not having any luck, then be helpful to them by reaching out to them and helping in any way that you can. And when I talk about that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to find them a job yourself. I had somebody recently reach out to me and they said, hey, if you know any jobs, and I said, here's tons of resources to be able to find jobs. Here's some groups that are always you know, looking for people. Um, there's a couple of companies that I sent to this person. And I said, you know, you need, you need to network, you know, with people. That is the main thing right now. And so um, they said, okay, well, great. Just let me know if you see anything. And I said, no, you got to do the work. <laughs> so if you know somebody that is struggling to find a job, tell them, do the work. You got to get out there. You got to, you know, network. And, you know, for you to help that person now, 
introduce them to people that can help them. If you can't help them yourself, introduce them to people that can help them. Or just sometimes just reaching out and letting them know that you are there to help if they need help or, you know, trying to find, you know, some way to help them, ask them, have a conversation with them. If you are looking for a job, I advise you to, yes, apply for a job. Sometimes you're not going to find the job by applying to jobs. Sometimes the job is going to find you. So update your LinkedIn, put that you're looking for work out there, um, update your, your title, your headline on LinkedIn to show exactly what your expertise is, um, update your LinkedIn. So it has all those keywords of what people might be looking for. Cause that's how my job found me is that, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a unicorn because I have communications and employee experience and, you know, all of these, you know, different expertise, you know, expertise to roll up to a well-rounded employee experience manager. And that's the things, you know, that's the thing that somebody might be looking for. And um, that's what you need to really do to stand out. So I'm advising you of that, that if you know somebody that's looking, reach out to them, see how you can help them, introduce them to people in your network, introduce them to, you know, people that might be able to help them as well too, or just reach out to them and let them know that you're thinking of them um, and that, you know, that you hope, you know, that they, you know, find a job soon and then please, you know, reach out, you know, tell them to reach out to you if they, you know, can find anything that you might be able to help with. If you are that person looking, like I said, make sure you polish everything, make sure you customize your resume and your cover letter. Yes. Sometimes cover letters are necessary for those standard, you know, type of jobs too, or those companies, you know, that are very traditional. Um, if you're not looking for a traditional company, then, then you might want to forego the cover letter, but it does a little add a little something about yourself um, that your resume can't really tell about. Customize your resume, but at the same time to go to those networking events, go to those development events, uh, go and visit friends that you haven't seen in a while and you know, really start to jog about like, what do you want in your career? And then I don't want to say this, manifest it. <laughs> I really don't want to say that, but I do want to say that because I really want you to stay positive. I want everybody to stay positive, you know, about this. And I am going to be really honest. I wasn't always positive. I felt like I was on a roller coaster during my six months. I felt like ups and downs. I felt like something was going to go wrong and me actually getting this job. I was so nervous. I was overthinking. I was stressed. And it was one of those things that I needed to discover how to stress less during that time. So I encourage you to follow that advice or don't, you know, and that's okay. Do it your way. You just got to find your own path, you know, in this whole job search journey, or if you know somebody that is looking for a job right now. So that is the first episode of the Stress Mess Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me today. There will be a little outro that you'll listen to here in a second, but I do encourage you that um, I want um, one thing. Oh, there actually will be, I'm sorry, oh, this is the first episode of the podcast. There's going to be a little bit more than an outro. Um, there is going to be um, something funny that I'm going to share here in just a second. So this podcast normally goes that um, there's going to be um, a portion where it's stress management. I will have guests on the podcast. Um, I have 
guests lined up for you. I'm so excited to be able to interview them and get them out there um, in those episodes for you. Episodes will drop every Monday and um, you just make sure that you subscribe, like, uh, review this podcast wherever you are watching it, comment on uh, on YouTube. But the one thing that it would be really, really helpful for me is that this next segment is called The Funniest Thing Happened. And in this segment, I'm going to share a funny story of something that happened with me. Sure, I shared some funny stories here, you know, in this story about my stress management. But um, I want you to write in with your funny stories, too, because um, if you send in some really funny stories, I'm not talking about also just funny, like, haha, funny, but also unbelievable stories. So maybe stories that might have not been funny at the time, but they're funny now where it's unbelievable. I can't believe that happened. I would love for you to share that because that is going to be something that I can read on this podcast. We can have some mini-sodes um, where I read some of your stories and um, be able to share that out you know, with everybody as well too. Or if you just want to share about your stress management, the email is, this is really simple, stressmesspodcast at gmail.com. Email that um, or just email um, any kind words or feedback on this. Feedback is a gift. I always say, oh, it's a common saying, but you know, I always say that feedback is a gift. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think of this podcast. I would love to hear anything that you think that you might want to get out of this podcast too. So once again, stress mess podcast, all one word at gmail.com. Don't add that all one word thing. Stress mess podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, on to the next segment. And now, the funniest thing happened. In this segment, take a break from your stress for a funny or unbelievable story. Take it away. Hey, everyone. All right. So this segment, as David just said, that's my voiceover guy, David Gilbert. He's going to be a guest on this podcast. Exciting. Um, anyway, um, this segment is going to be called The Funniest Thing Happened, as David said, and um, it is all about the funniest thing that happened. We all know those friends that tell the same story at parties about funny things that happened to them throughout their lives. And it's always this dramatic, you know, wonderful, you know, story that they tell, and it always gets good laughs, you know, unless you've heard it a million times, in which case you don't always laugh, but maybe you will just to be nice to laugh along. Anyway, um, I have some stories that I like to tell and um, I'm one of those things or, you know, stories that actually are not necessarily funny, but um, that are unbelievable. Um, I love to hear those as well too. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Gossipy stories, but you know, unbelievable things that happened to you in your life. And you might've not laughed at the time, but you can laugh now. And anyway, that's what this segment is about. And I wanted to share with you a funny story. So I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I had my first serious job and it really taught me about a lot about office life. Um, the thing about office life is that like, sometimes you're just front and center. Sometimes you have to like get up and present in front of people or uh, you just have to talk, you know, in front of a crowd of people. And I'm not 
surprisingly, a lot of people are going to think about this, but like, I'm not an extrovert. I'm pretty much like an introvert. Um, However, I force myself to be an extrovert. And that's probably why I am a socially awkward person as well, too. So anyway, on to the awkwardness. So my first serious job, and I was the office administrator, you know, for this company. And being an office administrator, um, part of my job was receptionist. And so part of that, I was that I was answering phones. Now, uh, mind you, this is a very small office and it was really hard to get people to answer the phones for you when you had to take lunch or go to the bathroom. And in this particular case, um, I used to take the phone with me to the bathroom. Not that I would answer it in the bathroom weirdos, but I would actually answer it on the way to the uh, bathroom or on the way back. And uh, I know you think this is where I, this is where it's going. But in this particular case, I did not bring the phone with me. So therefore, I was rushing to and from the bathroom. And the hall was quite long. And I couldn't, you know, I'd have to rush back to my desk to be able to answer the phone. So I rushed all the way to the bathroom and quickly went to the bathroom um, and got out of the bathroom as quickly as possible. And so I was actually kind of like running, half walking back to my desk to make sure that I didn't miss a phone call. And I was, I was doing that. I felt a little breezy and it was the unmistakable sign that my fly was down and I was walking back into the office with all of these people back in the office. And I thought, oh shoot, they're going to see me with my fly down. How embarrassing. So I quickly ducked into the storage room, which just is like halfway down the hall and quickly jumped into the storage room and I zipped up my fly. And I was, I was zipping up my fly. I looked up And guess what? The owner of the business was there with a couple of clients in the storage room and he was showing them some equipment. And there I was just busting into the room, zipping up my fly in front of them. What did I do? I didn't know what to do at that point. So I just kind of waved at them, turned around and walked out. And I was so embarrassed. And I got all the way back to my my desk Guess what? I got a phone call right away and I just resume my day. So there you have it. There's my funny story. And it's something that I do like to tell people about, about embarrassing things that happen to you at work. So if you have an embarrassing work story or an embarrassing life story or an unbelievable story, please send it to stressmesspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Stress Mess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to tell a friend. The song for this podcast is Traveler by the talented Christian Wygand and voiceover work by David Gilbert. You can find more information about those two in the show notes. If you'd like to work with me, head on over to SamanthaElizabeth.com to book a free intro session. This has been a B You Need to Be production.